Let's do this. What is virtualization? You're going to learn today. Innovate like a startup, deliver like an enterprise. I hope you're coffeeed up and ready because it's going to be a great day. I know you're going to dig this. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Virtually Speaking Podcast with Pedro Aero and John Nicholson. Good afternoon and welcome to the Virtually Speaking Podcast, episode number 202. My name is Pete Fletcher, a.k.a. Pedro Arrow, and joining me for the first time in 2022 is my good friend, Mr. John Nicholson. John, how you doing, buddy? Um, feeling kind of slowly like I'm waking up, getting into this year. You know, nothing really happened over the Christmas break. It was nice. <laughs> real quiet, I, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. real real quiet. You know, didn't have to do any, any patching or any work. <laughs> Uh, John, you know, I, I, I must say that over the holidays, the one thing I probably missed the most was, uh, was all your segues. They, they're amazing and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and they make me happy. So with that, we will bring on the person that we want to talk to about your awesome segue, which is patching and security. While most people were out shopping and drinking, you know, eggnog, uh, there were a lot of folks that were actually patching <laughs> and, uh, and security was a big thing. And, uh, you know, you, you, it, there was the Yule log and then there was the log 4J. And here to talk to us about the log 4J is our good friend, Mr. Bob Plankers. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. And yes, they're both, uh, whether it's a Yule log or a log 4J component, they're both probably on fire. You know, and so <laughs> uh, it's good to be here. It's been a while. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, lots of changes uh, at VMware, and I know you've been moving around, yeah. but everybody still knows you as sort of like the authority on uh, security. Uh, you and Mike Foley, and you guys have done some great work, um, and particularly with this Log4j thing and other, obviously, other security uh, vulnerabilities and patches and all that stuff. Um, it seems like when I read about it at VMware. Um, I always find myself on a blog that says, by Bob Plankers. <laughs> yeah, well, that uh, that happens. Uh, one of the things that I, um, so I come from an IT operations background. I did a lot of incident response and that. And so one of the things that I can bring to the table is trying to, you know, communicate these these things. And, you know, us folks in technical marketing, that that should be our 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 thing you know how do we how do we bring complicated stuff how do we make it accessible to people and i can do that for security advisories too as it turns out so you know so do you want to talk about log4j yeah obviously that is the question on everybody's mind is sort of what is log4j and why is that a big deal well uh so log4j uh it's not a vmware component though i don't want to it, uh, it's it's kind of like, it's one of those things, there's certain things on the internet, certain software components, there's things like NTP and mail servers and, and all this stuff that are just invisible to most people, but absolutely crucial to the operation of internet stuff, uh, software and that, and log4j is one of them, log4j, uh, sometimes you, it's pronounced as logforge, I don't know, I'm not going to get in, you know, is it gif or jif, not going to go there, but the, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, 
yeah, you know, like, yeah, it's a holy war. But uh, regardless, uh, it's got a, it was found to have a hole in it. Turns out it's a component. It's a Java component that scratches an itch. It's a, uh, uh, for a lot of software, a lot of Java software in the world. I mean, my home router even has log4j in it, as it turns out. And uh, um, the, uh, it, it helps with logging. It helps writing to disk. Logging is a very important thing. You know, the uh, the ability to see what's going on, to, to see what's wrong, to go back and see who logged in when, you know, all of that stuff. It's very important to log. And so the scratch is an itch and does it so successfully that it's in everything. And uh, it was found uh, to, it's got a feature that, well, there's two features. Uh, one is a Java feature where it can load, Java can load dynamic classes. So you can put put a, a Java class together and it'll load it on demand basically. And that's that seems interesting. Uh, and uh, um, the, I've never used it personally, but you know, it's, it seems like an interesting feature. Log4j has got a feature where you can ask it to do lookups on things, LDAP lookups and that. Not 100% sure what the use case is there, but the net effect is that you can ask log4j, the log4j component, to go out to a to basically query a remote and malicious LDAP server, which returns a Java class, which gets which loads, and then that Java class can do whatever it wants, right? You know, because it's your code, so it can execute system calls all that stuff. And it's a full remote compromise, you know? And so, and the problem is the big problem is how do you get a logging component to log something? It interprets the, the strings that, uh, that it's logging is how you ask it to do this. So how do you ask it to do this? Well, you roll up on a username field that's exposed to the internet or something, and you type in this special string, you just get it to log something and, uh, and then it'll do this. And so, yeah, you know, uh, it's logging all the failed login attempts and all this stuff, you know, because that's what we want. And all of a sudden, that's an attack vector. So mm -hmm. that's really why this is nasty. And it's not, a lot of folks learned about it from VMware, but oh, yeah. the, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, um, it's in everything. It's, it's in absolutely everything. It's in a bunch of our products as well. And so... Yeah. This is starting to remind me kind of a part bleed and like the whole open SSL problem of you know, open, open SSL this, this was, was everywhere. Exactly like yeah. bleed. The, the scope of it, the suddenness of it, you know, this was dropped on the world and it's very much like Heartbleed. Heartbleed is the last big one, you know, and so and like I said, it's not it's not the fault of the software maintainers or whatever. All software has bugs, except VMware software. VMware software does not have <laughs> bugs. And we know that for, for fact, right? You know, like, no, all software has got bugs, you know, and all needs to be patched. And, you know, there's this idea in open source that uh, many eyes make all bugs shallow, which is true, but the eyes need to be looking at the, the problem as well. And so uh, Log4j has become, has become, there was one initial advisory and now there's four as well. And so, you know, the, uh, um, yeah, it's it's been a rough a rough time here. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like 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 the Heartbleed and OpenSSL. Once people started looking at OpenSSL, they realized, oh God, this is this critical component that's no one's been paying enough attention to or auditing Open or funding. OpenSSL, NTP, and, and when, all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Once you start uh, there's an XKCD cartoon about this, uh, you know, where it shows a stack of 
of software as components stacked up and then there's this little piece right at the yeah. right at the bottom and it's like you know yeah critical unmaintained piece of software this software is maintained all that sort of stuff but it's like you know uh, just highlighting that there's this stuff well and well no one at the i mean the apache foundation is technically who owned this right but at the yes. end of the day no no one had a full-time job maintaining this no, there were some no. people who their employers asked them to look at it on the side i guess but this was well and that's the thing employers you know and that's the thing about open source is that it's well you know oh how did the apache foundation get its name and uh, apache server apache as in people have been hacking on it you know mm. like and uh, uh, that's how it got its name originally, you know, like it's that's the nature of open source. Somebody's got an itch, they come along and scratch it. And it's maybe not a complete solution, maybe not all of this stuff. Uh, you know, there's not full security audits, you know, it's it's. Well, it seems like this one's definitely getting the attention of of government. I mean, Congress is involved. Uh, there's funding. Google even donated a hundred million dollars for for research. It seems like uh, Log4j definitely, while it's a vulnerability and and it, it makes people nervous, it, it seems like this might be the the opportunity that was needed to sort of standardize on some of these things because much like that cartoon that you mentioned you know like this little piece and i think that i think that it said you know all of infrastructure on top you know the world's that you know infrastructure and then and then the, it said some guy who's been ignored or whatever you know who gets paid yeah, nothing well, is managing exactly this little it, piece you know <laughs> yeah well and that's so we're kind of at a critical point here with ransomware and all of the stuff that uh, you know, there's a lot of attention on it. And CISA, the uh, uh, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency uh, within the U.S. government, is uh, getting involved in a lot of this stuff very directly, uh, very pointed stuff. Because the other thing we've discovered, uh, I've discovered on the on the vendor side of things, and they're figuring out is that most people aren't security minded most people don't think about this stuff in in these ways and so they need very need guidance supply chains are really important both inside of software and you know hardware and all of that stuff and uh, you know and so protecting those doing good security audits on them even knowing what what is what components comprise a piece of software is really important as well and it's good it's good to see all these organizations get involved, but yeah, you know, it's sure. kind of like the many eyes thing that I was mentioning, you know, and those many eyes now are, have resulted in four different CVEs. Uh, the Apache software foundation has released four vulnerability, uh, disclosed four vulnerabilities. Now in log four J we yeah, started yeah. with, 2.15 or whatever and now i think we're up to 2.17.1 uh in versions uh, they're getting a little bit more obscure and, and harder to to uh, use as an attacker might use them i think the last one i saw required you have local root which you know i kind of well, chuckled the, to myself yeah the last like, one is like, you have local root you are <laughs> yeah the people were making fun of that one a little bit and i get why they released it it's uh it shouldn't be a security vulnerability and they fixed it so but yeah it was kind of like uh if you misconfigure your software to allow people to do things then them allowing to do things is a vulnerability uh yeah well you know but that's that's the way it works you know <laughs> and so that's uh you know 
so vulnerabilities are scored with CVSS, the Common Vulnerability Scoring System. Mm. And it's a, a 0 to 10 number. The first one, CV 2021-44228. You can tell I've been working on it a lot because I can remember <laughs> yeah. the, the actual numbers now. Um, that was the big one. That scored CVSS of 10. It's full remote uh, remote compromise, remote code execution. RCE is... Uh, is what that one's called. And so you can get stuff to, you can get a system that isn't owned by you to execute code that is of, that is generated by you. You know, that's not a good situation. And, uh, you know, just by, you know, malicious LDAP loading the classes and that. So they, they released an advisory about that. And then five, four or five days later, they revised the advisory. It was, it was very sudden. It was a Friday morning. I want to say it was like December 9th or something like that. Uh, that uh, So we've been talking about this for almost a month now. The uh, um, uh, Friday, It was a Friday morning. We all got to work and we were already eight hours behind the world because this was like 4 a.m. Pacific time or something like that, that it was disclosed. Yeah. And it was zero day. Uh, what I mean by a zero day vulnerability, it's a term in the InfoSec community for it's brand new. It's day zero we're learning about it. We are learning about it all together right now, you know? And so, uh, it was dropped on us on the, the ninth, I want to say it was the ninth of December or something, whatever that Friday was here. I can actually look. It's that's gotta be uh, scary though. You know, if you're an administrator and it's like zero day and, and you go to your company that, that manages your, your infrastructure and you're like, we're trying to figure it out ourselves. That's, that's not a comfortable yeah, place. Well, to that's be. the thing. So we're taken by surprise, the Oracles, the Microsoft, Microsoft wasn't super affected by it for obvious reasons, uh, you know, but all of the enterprise software companies, you know, all of a sudden, we have to stop. I mean, you could have, you you could, you could Mm -hmm. literally put, you know, something that would cause the exploit within your username login field on iCloud and that would trigger like that, that really showed the breadth of it to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's scary. And so. And we're all learning about it at the same time. And people are so used to, you know, us having our act together. All of a sudden, we're learning about it at the same time. Not that we don't have our act together, but we're starting from scratch. Normally, you don't see the first, you know, 60 days of prep and us working it into development cycles and that. And it's not a panic. And so... And so the Apache Software Foundation, they did a a good job with it. They released workarounds. They, They said, hey... You know, we understand this is going to be a mess, and um, here's how to work around it. The first mm-hmm. workarounds were just to disable the functionality by uh, adding a flag when you called whatever Java program had this component in it. You add a flag to it, and it it does it removes this. Well, about five days later, the next Tuesday, the uh, uh, in fact, I was at a VMUG talking when it happened. The uh, uh, they released a new advisory. About the second CV, and the second CV, which was also you know a compromised situation and serious, but it was a more controlled situation. And but they revised the 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 guidance for the first one for four four two two eight, and not just to shut it off, but to go in there and unpack. You know, jar files are basically zip files uh, to actually unpack it, remove that class, and pack it up again, and and do that and. Uh, that was a pretty substantial change in direction. And so we, the whole industry basically had to start over again, you know, and uh, anybody who had implemented the old workarounds, in fact, we're finding people that implemented the first workarounds that didn't actually do the second one. 
and are being compromised now because of it. And that's a real problem, you know. How, and so a lot of the stuff is communications. How do we communicate with folks that they need to do this sort of thing? And these are things I've, during any incident, I, I have a notebook and I basically, and there's no difference here. I've got a notebook full of, full of stuff that I'm, oh, yeah. afterwards we need to, to work on a little bit, you know, but, uh, um, you know, the chaos just across the industry, how do we communicate to everyone who's using Log4j? Do people know they're even using Log4j? Like Apache mm -hmm. Struts, for example, bundles it into Struts. And so you're not using Log4j, right? You're using Struts, except you are using Log4j. And so, sure. uh, um, Struts, by the way, is the cause of like the big Experian hacks and, and things yeah. like that. The, uh, uh so, but well, the, the the challenge I'm thinking of also is on some of these kind of issues is historically you could sometimes be like, OK, well, I'm I don't need that port or I don't need that service. I can block that. Like sometimes people for mitigations or workarounds would, you know, use layer four use. And, and so yeah. but the challenge is the vCenter needs to talk to LDAP. And so it's not abnormal for a vCenter to make an LDAP call. Now, maybe it doesn't Correct. need to be making it out to the Internet. So. Yeah, you know, you know, malicious bad LDAP.mx or something like that, or bad LDAP.ru or bad bad LDAP.nk or whatever. You know, like probably not your, you know, not the LDAP server you want to be talking to. But the uh, uh, yeah, you know, and it, it's tough because so you can block it. There's network things for blocking it and that, but you know, you really have to go back and you take a look at the CV. So I had mentioned, and we've kind of been skirting the skirting around here, the uh, uh, four CVs. The, the first one's the nastiest one. The other three are lessening things. The last two are basically non-default configurations. Uh, you know, and like John, you had pointed out, the, the last one was if you configured your so the software poorly, it might be a vulnerability. And so, yeah, sure. You know, you look at the CVSS scores, and not everything is a vulnerability. Uh, some all vulnerabilities, CVSS scores are rated uh, as the vendor sees things. That might may or may not be the same way that a customer sees stuff or an implementation sees things. Like something that is only moderate vulner, uh, moderate. To, um, you know, maybe it's got a CVSS score of six to eight somewhere in there. It's moderate or important uh, to a vendor might actually be critical to a uh, to an implementation or a customer where you know uh, a lot of the stuff depends on whether there are comp we'd like to say compensating controls whether there's other ways of controlling access to the vulnerability authentication is one of them uh, that usually plays in you know whether like a full remote uh, code execution uh, if you can do it well authenticated that's one thing uh, you know, and that's a that that really plays into what the score is. It, that'll lower the score if it's only authenticated users. You know, in this case, it, it can be unauthenticated users, which is why the score is so high. But uh, um, you know, you think about an environment. Attackers like to break into Active Directories. They like to break into authentication sources because it lets them into everything else. Right? Yep. They're not dumb. So if an attacker has control of a user account, maybe they mailed somebody uh, a, a malicious sure. link or whatever. You know, humans are human. They will click on things. I've clicked on dumb things. You know, like I'm not proud. You know, it's just. Yeah, yeah, we all do it. You know, vSphere admins and and uh, virtual infrastructure admins like to think we're above it. We're not, you know, like and. But it uh, says freecandy.ru. It says on, free man. candy, you know, like or it's something that we trust, but it's been 
malicious code on the back end has been has the ad networks that get compromised have been a big one there you know so there's a lot of so yeah, yeah however it happens an attacker gets control of a user account and then uses other vulnerabilities with active directory or whatever to promote themselves to domain admin and then they drop themselves into the vmware group or the firewall group or the storage group and then guess what they can just log in as as an admin you know game over Scary. and so we you know uh most of the vulnerable most of the the incidents that we hear about are uh, this is how people get in and so you know this comes back to thinking about a vulnerability when you read the vulnerability you have to think about it in the context of your own environment and it's really important to do that because like i was saying something that's rated as moderate for from a vendor perspective might actually be critical if you think maybe somebody in your environment or maybe there's an attacker that can authenticate in your environment and so uh, um you know there's a lot of environments that let everyone log into vcenter server for example you know why <laughs> is just beyond me i have no idea why but uh, i have do actually have a couple ideas but they're not good ones and uh, <laughs> the uh, um and well, so you got to think about that and that so every environment is different and a cvss score is just a suggestion so you know in the case of the last two log4j ones we looked at it and because it's non-default configurations all that stuff we don't have advisories out there for it you know like we i think the vmsa actually notes that we looked at it and none of our products are susceptible to those mm -hmm. but they are susceptible to the other ones so 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 what should people be doing then like what should administrators yeah i noticed be doing? you had the what should we be doing here you know well you know pat uh, patching where there's a patch available and patches are starting to come out for this uh, the workarounds especially and you should have been doing the workarounds for weeks at this point you know this is what you know i'm really glad this didn't happen later in december because it will really would have ruined the holiday season for a lot of folks oh yeah uh, luckily a lot of folks were able to get the workarounds in place the workarounds are largely straightforward most uh enterprise software vmware included we were we don't usually like suggesting workarounds to people but uh, uh, because they're kind of kludgy, they require logging in, you know, but when we're all surprised by a zero day, you know, uh, when, when this is all dropped on us, the uh, uh, together, that was the best course of action. Do workarounds for 40 products, you know, and uh, so uh, some of the things with VMware too, you know, all of our workarounds are in knowledge base articles, KB articles. And it uh, turns out you can subscribe to the KB articles, uh, which I did not, act, you know, I learn things every day. And uh, um, I did not know that you could subscribe to a, a, a KB article. So we've been urging people to subscribe to the KB articles for that stuff. So as they got updated and, and that, and then the VMSA itself gets updated when there are patches that are released and that. I think there's another one coming out very soon. Uh, but uh, the, uh, um, the, yeah, so people should be monitoring that. They should su subscribe to the VMSA mailing list. They should be implementing the workarounds. They should be looking for patches and applying the patches, you know, and and you folks have heard me talk about patching ad nauseum in the past. I think it's an easy way to, to uh, resolve a lot of problems in environments. Uh, you can do some stuff on the network side of things, uh, network detection and response. It's fairly easy to see some of these attacks uh, happening. You know, egress controls, things like that. Um, prevent prevent yeah. your vCenter server from talking to the internet by default. Make it well, prevent your vCenter from talking to anybody who anything that isn't part of your infrastructure that it needs to talk to 
or an admin, you know, like beyond that, people allow. Well, these I mean, there's, there's, there's the update manager function needs to talk to. Um, well, yeah, it needs to talk. Really need to talk to, really to, to vcsa.vmware.com on four four three. There's a couple of things external, but you can do that through a proxy. That you could, so and a lot of organizations do. Proxies add a little bit of complexity, you know. And I'm, you know, complexity. Complexity is places for attackers to hide and more things to patch, and you know, friction and drag on your will to live and things like that. And it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. I'm not necessarily advocating for complexity. But just know what your stuff is talking to, you know, like, and, uh, uh, you know, egress firewall rules often get skipped uh, by folks because they're just kind of a pain and they are kind of a pain, you know, and uh, especially well, they, the they also lead to CN. that. Why isn't this working? And there's, oh, there's an ACL we put in years ago and, oh, you suddenly need to use that port to talk to that thing but yeah you know and so uh, um yeah you know but uh, um yeah but yeah really the big thing for people is at this point watch for patches coming out because uh you know this was really disruptive to our uh, well to ours to you know other enterprises enterprise software vendors oracle all that stuff you know anything that uses java basically had to stop and deal with this stuff and so um you know being able to re release a patch instantly you know i keep telling people you want us to test it you want us to run it through the q a and all that's uh, not q a qa rather but yeah. uh, uh yeah, qe whatever <laughs> and you want it to run it through our test suites and things like that you want it to, us to make sure that uh if we fix log for test suites take longer than 24 hours unfortunately <laughs> they do you know like because we've got these labs full of gear we have to run it through all the partner stuff and uh, um and it's really important that we do that. And so that's why we focused on workarounds to start with. But as patches come out, you know, uh, it takes a little bit. And people, I mentioned earlier, people don't see this part of it. Because uh, normally there's something called coordinated disclosure or responsible disclosure. Uh, we've kind of gotten away from calling it responsible disclosure because that implies yeah. people are responsible. And exactly. now it's just called coordinated coordinated disclosure. Where a security researcher will often tell VMware, hey, we think we found a problem. You know, and and we go, OK, and we check it out and we go, OK, yeah, you know, that's legitimately a problem. You know, thanks for reporting it. Then there's a clock that starts, you know, a, a stopwatch. We've got about 90 days and we can negotiate that a little bit. But the the rule is basically about 90 days and to to fix it and produce patches for it. And then we can disclose it and the security researcher discloses it at that same time. So they get credit for it, you know, which is important uh, if there's bug bounties involved and VMware's got bug bounty programs and that now for these things. And, you know, they get paid, they get credit for doing this work. Yeah. Uh, they get credit in the in the vulnerability disclosure from VMware or whatever vendors. You'll see, see that often, you know, thanks to whoever from, you know, uh, from wherever uh, the log4j thing is interesting because that was reported by Alibaba, and uh, um, the uh, uh, actually in violation of Chinese law, the uh, hmm. they reported it to uh, to Apache Software Foundation directly, and so uh, um, there's some news out there about that. I'm not going to get into that, but the uh, yeah. um, and so it will give them credit in that. But people don't really see when they see a, a VMSA from VMware. There's a patch associated with it, or there's about to be a patch, uh, you know, and it's a it's a controlled situation, and that's what's hard about the heart bleeds in the past, and now log4j is that you know we all learned at the same time there was no good way of doing this, and yeah. so 
uh, without tipping the hand to the attackers, you know, mm-hmm. and that's well, the thing. You, you got to watch the security, uh, what you put in a security advisory, because whenever you release a security advisory, you're, you're telling attackers would be attackers. That oh, you yeah, got a problem, they're the right? first ones that read it, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's attackers that might know about it all already. And then there's a lot of attackers that don't know about it and you don't want to tell the clueless ones as well, you know, like, right, you, right. Uh, but you know, we can't talk in code because the, you know, we can't tell who an attacker and who a defender is out on the internet, you know, and it's sometimes so it's the same people, yeah. the purple hats, as it were, you know, the red and blue, red teams, blue teams, the purple people, you know, and, uh, but, uh, and so we all, we all had to learn about this at the same time, you know, and it gave everyone, it gave, attackers had an advantage for a while and they still have an advantage just because people don't patch very fast, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not tuned into this stuff, but, you know, really coming back to what people should be doing, patching, as patches come out, monitor for patches, subscribe to your vendors, security advisory mailing lists. Oh, yeah. VMware has one. Um, other vendors have have them, you know, subscribe to them. So you get it in, in your email, you know, and, and you can see the stuff. Uh, and then, yes, uh, the KB articles for this in particular, uh, KB articles can be subscribed to. And so subscribe to the ones. Make sure that you're running the current workarounds. If you did it, if you were right on it on December 10th or whatever, that wasn't enough. You need the December 14th stuff as well. Yeah. That that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, just kind of. Well, you, uh, you've done a good job of writing that stuff too. And so I'm going to leave links to these on the show notes, but uh, there's, you did an FAQ obviously, but you also did one on what people need to know in general about, you know, log4j. And so there's just, you, you've written a lot of stuff. So I w- again, I will leave links to those in the show notes. Cool. But uh, so yeah, my takeaway on this, Bob, is obviously to subscribe to uh, the KB articles because I, I did know about that from some vSAN drivers that I was, that's how I learned about it a while back was I was like, oh, it's so great that you can actually subscribe to these. Um, but also, um, yeah, not only subscribe to those, but you have a, on the uh, FAQs uh, page that I have on the screen and that I will have in the show notes, there is a uh, there is a plethora of uh, resources uh, to to really it's sort of like the homepage of everything that you need to know about uh, Log4j and all of these uh, these CVEs. So, so I will leave those. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. The VMSA itself, the Security Advisory itself, is always the definitive source of what's affected and what uh and where the kb where the workarounds are and where the patches are you know beyond that all the context we've been trying for critical vulnerabilities we've been trying to do a q a like this uh, for each one of them we, you've seen it through the last about a year year and a half and that's been working out really well to help people understand what's going on understand how to protect themselves Add links, uh, our carbon black and security folks have got a lot of great resources as well for being able to use things like NSX and the IDS IPS and carbon black tools to actually detect and defend against the stuff, contain it. Uh, and that's, you know, I've been trying to maintain links to a lot of that stuff as well. And so, you know, but I, yeah, I appreciate you leaving, you know, links there, you know, and it comes down to, you know, once this is over, you know, like people really need to kind of double back. And think about, you know, kind of like my notebook here, you know, I'm making notes of things that we could do better. And most organizations, I think, probably have an idea of what they could do better when faced with this again. And incidents, 
incidents are like everything else. You get good at incidents from practice. And unfortunately, that's a real negative thing. You know, like it, it sucks to, to be good at incident response because it means that you live right. through a lot of stuff. But, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, um, but they're infrequent for most organizations and that's good. But you need to, you need to know when you have one, you really need to note what didn't work and what did work and try to try to fix or preserve, preserve the things that worked and enhance them and fix the things that didn't work, you know, notifications inside of companies, asset inventories, you know, there's a reason that, uh, um, you, you look at like the SANS top 20 security checklist or whatever, or I think it's actually, it's not SANS anymore. I think the center for internet security CIS has got it now, but you know, they've got a top 20 list of security things. And the first two are asset inventories, hardware and, and physical assets and uh, software assets. And there's a reason for that. How do you know what to patch? How did you know what to look for? Where to look for Log4J? You, you probably, you you probably you didn't know you had Log4J, but you probably should have known you had Java running there. Um, well, maybe, you know, but if you download a an appliance from the internet somewhere, not that yeah, you may not know there's Java this. inside of it. So, you know, uh, you know, VMware, we deliver all of our stuff as appliances. And so I, tr I try to watch what I'm saying here because all of our stuff is appliances, but we stand behind them. Yeah. We, we, that's our model. And that's the At least unit know who to go ask and who to look and, look you know, you download something random, a random container from the internet. You have no idea what's in it. You know, <laughs> yeah. do people actually take it apart? No, they just go, Oh, I have wiki now, you know, like, yeah. and the, uh, uh, you know, and that's great, but they don't know what went into that. And, you know, I've always been a little wary of, well, even back in, and I'm going to date myself here, like CPAN, the Comprehensive Pearl Archive Network back in the day, you know, the predecessors to a lot of, a lot of these, you know, internet repositories of, of easily installable software. Uh, uh, CPAN was even like that. You know, how do you know that the module you're going to download isn't malicious. Well, not even malicious. How do you know it's going to work at all? You know, and uh, the uh, and that was my problem back in the day. That that's actually what kind of got me thinking a long time ago about this. You're you're basically making me now view all of Docker Hub with the same level of suspicion. It's I give, scary. Uh, download links from two cows or cnetsdownload.com. Yeah. Like what is Go this? And, Who knows? Yeah. No. It's it's really scary. Go and look at some of the last updated times on the containers for enterprise software. You've got enterprise software companies that, uh, you know, uh, that are out there that have created containers and published them up to these repositories. Yep. And you look at the last update time and it's like a year ago and then go to their security page and see all of the CVSS nine plus things that have come out in there and think to yourself, somebody's downloaded. Then you look at the download count at, uh, for that <laughs> container, you know, and, yeah. uh, because it didn't, but I got, it's but not I found OpenFiler. This op I've been running OpenFiler for 20 years, even though it's I got working abandoned fine. 10 years ago. So, no. All yeah, right, well, we'll but uh, yeah, no, but, uh, you know, yeah, no. And not to throw anybody under the bus, but everybody needs to make good decisions about their own environment. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's that's really what it comes down to. And people don't do that. They don't think about, you know, who's patching this, how often does it get patched, that sort of stuff. 
And in a lot of cases, the stuff that you download, it's free like a puppy. It's it, You don't want it because it costs money and time moving forward. It might be free initially, but it's 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 stuff you don't need. You can do it do it in other ways, or it's just the ROI is really low. And so, right, right. yeah, and it's definitely going to wet the bed, just like a puppy, right? <laughs> yeah, wet the bed. You know, like it's going to eat a lot. You know, and it's just yeah. So I've got a bunch of friends with Great Danes, and so Ooh. you know, dogs that are as tall as me. You know, like yeah. Yeah, uh, I just think about them when I think like, you know, because those those puppies start really small. You yeah, know, they're so cute when they're puppies, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then, then you can ride them. Infrastructure depends on it, and it's. And it, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to tear apart that analogy, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just. Or yeah, we'll just leave it there. So. But Bob, listen, this has been a a plethora of information. I really appreciate it. Um, we're gonna leave links to the show notes, and uh, and yeah, and we will. Uh, we're gonna get this up, and we appreciate your time. And as always, you're you're welcome on the podcast anytime, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. I love it. Thanks for having me on, and good luck to everyone. Stay safe. All right. Well, that music tells me it's time to go. And so if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at podcast at VMware.com. You can subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice by searching Virtually Speaking Podcast. You can catch this in all episodes at vspeakingpodcast.com. A big thanks to Mr. Bob Plankers for joining us this week. We're back next week. But until then, bye for now. Thanks, Bob. All right, I gotta, I gotta go in two. Pete, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks for having me on. Enough of this jibber jabber. <laughs>